0: Colleen is back. In April of last year, we talked with Colleen about her dire diagnosis. And the big question was, would she live to see the publication of a book that sprang from her soul in the hands of a fiercely tender God? Well, she made it to last October, and we had a conversation then. And her heart was stirred with another story, so today we're going to get to get an update on Colleen Chow, what God's been doing in her life, in her family's life and the abundant life that can come even in the face of cancer. Encouragement for your soul is straight ahead at the Radio Backyard Fence. How you doing, friend? Thank you for joining us. Hope you're having a good first day of November. Welcome, November. Come on in. Stay with us for a while. Make it a great month. Uh, Pappy's in the chair today, and for Ryan, Trish is our producer Gabby T is going to be uh, doing all things producering in the chair. And Laura is uh, answering our calls today. If you care to call us at the Radio Backyard Fence. Hey, I want to pause before we begin the conversation and thank you if you have supported us in the last month or so in October. We finished really strong. It was so much fun to see the folks calling in and there were... Uh, people who were really, really generous who came alongside us in the last few days of the month. So thank you for your support. You have no idea how encouraging it is to uh, hear from you, that you. Not only that you listen. I mean, just that you listen. With all the options you have, that you listen is a wonderful thing. And then that you get involved and support what we do at The Back Fence sure means a lot to us. Uh, I like to send you thankful, uh, as a thank you, I like to send things like devotionals or classic books or music, things that have helped me, things that have moved me. And since this is the first day of the month, I get to tell you, I have for you the most personal thank you that I can come up with. For the past three years, I have been working on a story. Well, it goes back even further than that, but at least for the last three years, I have been actively working on what is probably the hardest novel I've ever written because it took me to some deep places of the heart. It's a story about memory loss, about loving someone who can't return that love. It's about forgiveness. Ultimately, it's about the grace and the mercy of God. It's called Saving Grace, and it's not coming out until next week, but I want to put a copy in the mail to you, Give a gift of any size online at chrisfabrylive.org. You can click through. They've got a picture of it right there. And November is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. So it kind of coincides with some of the programs that we're going to be doing this month. If you have someone in your life that you care about who's going through that or or a dementia diagnosis, I think it'll be encouraging. I hope it will be. It's a mystery story, but it's also this love story. So go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Or if you'd rather call and talk with somebody, 866-95-FABRY is the number. 866-953-2279. Again, from my heart to yours, I hope this story will sing in your soul. Colleen Chow has written extensively about finding God's goodness in the unexpected chapters of her life, including singleness, chronic illness, and now terminal cancer. She's worked as an editor and writer for global organizations an English teacher to some of her favorite people, teenagers. She and her husband, Eddie, live near Boise, Idaho, with their son, Jeremy, and Willow the dog. A featured resource is her latest. It came out a little earlier this year, out of the Shadow World. We're going to talk about all of that and a whole lot more. Colleen, I bet you've never heard this question. How you doing?
1: <laughs> doing well, doing well. Riding the roller coaster of this wild journey that God has us on, and um, yeah. Yes, I appreciate the question because it comes from people who love us and they love knowing how we're doing. So,
0: All right. So for the person who's tuning in who says, I don't know, Colleen, I don't know her story. I don't know what happened. uh, In a nutshell, what happened?
1: Mm, Yeah. Well, after kind of a wild journey leading up to 2017, um, my health had been on the rocks for years as well as my son's health. And then we had this little window of time where I felt well. And six weeks later, I found a lump in my breast and it ended up being cancer. We went through that journey, had a couple of years where I was clear. And then in 2021, I received a terminal diagnosis and we thought I was going to go fast. And lo and behold, here I am. And God is just holding back this cancer miraculously and giving me more time. He has more good work for me to do. And it's amazing to be here for it. It's just incredible. Yeah.
0: I I told you before the program I saw your picture or you were on a a podcast video cast and your hair is coming back like a, with a vengeance right
1: I know yeah yeah I like to joke that God knew I would lose my head of hair twice and so He just gave me chia pet hair it just comes springing back it is hilarious so I am so grateful I love it it's it is a gift I don't take it for granted
0: yes okay so and And uh, let's be honest, when I talked with you in April of last year, we didn't know if you'd make it to the six months to totally. the you know the book the, the earlier book, and so I
1: know.
0: nobody know and and the doctors haven't known uh the treatment that you were going through. I don't know how much you can tell us about this but but you've decided yeah. to kind of push press the pause button on that right.
1: Yeah, I'm just not tolerating it anymore. My body is pretty worn down. I am physically just completely exhausted from years of treatment um, and multiple different treatments and surgeries. And so, uh, this summer, it, my body was like, uh, "I'm done." So, mm-hmm. <laughs> stop pushing. Uh, so, yeah, at this point, I'm done. You know, I'm always up for revisiting that decision. Um, But in the meantime, we are just marveling at God's mercy to hold this cancer off a little longer. Um, But every day feels fragile. You know, we just, the other shoe can drop any moment, but we just are, yeah, soaking up the mercies of a little more time.
0: So, yeah, but you sound really strong to me, and you mm. did a, a year ago and uh, eighteen mm. months ago. You sound yeah. your voice is strong, but as you mm. say, it's probably you know time of day. Is there a better time of day for you? Do you wind down early in the afternoon, in the evening?
1: Yeah you you've definitely walked with people through this. Yes, exactly. Um, mornings are very hard for me, and evenings are very hard for me. Um, and I kind of this is one of those mysteries that there is life in my voice. I've, I get that comment a lot. And my body can just be done. And just I feel like I'm on the edge of, you know, passing out and there's life in my voice. <laughs> and I just think it's such a sign that God is at work in our weakness. You know, he is strong. And he gives life in even in a journey of death, which it just stuns me. When people say that I'm like, wow, I'm not feeling good right now, but that's amazing. Like you are hearing the grace of God, you know, being strong for me. So I love that.
0: Have you contemplated the why of this? Uh, not the, mm-hmm. not the why of the cancer, but why, why more time? Why, yes. why a little bit longer?
1: <laughs> all the time, all the time. I think there's a, um, to be real frank, there's a weariness in the longevity of, um, stage four cancer this long. And it's been six years since my first diagnosis. And a lot, a lot, a lot of um, just journey, <laughs> a lot has gone on in that time that's been just incredibly difficult, um, along with the joys and the graces and mercies and gifts. And so sometimes I just think, man, I it doesn't feel like I can see. Of course, I cannot see on this side of things why. But I really wrestle with that a lot because I love the gift of more time, but it also comes at such a high cost physically, even mentally, emotionally, that it would be nice if I could see, oh, this is why, you know, (laughs) this is the work that makes sense to me. But sometimes it's just the small faithfulnesses that we do. You know, it's nothing big or measurable. It's just, you know what, today I got to speak to my son about god in his word and i just taught him another thing you know that's that's significant i got to be present for my husband as he carries some stresses at work that's significant um i got to text a friend encouragement i got to pray for another friend you know those things are yes those are those are enough so it's me redefining some of that like maybe it doesn't have to be significant it's just me being faithful to redeem that time by god's power and grace
0: there have been a lot of people who've been praying for you, and I—that's I, mm. one of the questions. Do you feel that? And, and I'll—we'll yes. we'll talk about that, unpack that throughout the hour. But my guess is there's probably somebody who heard you a year and a half ago and is continuing to pray, and they—they've read, they even picked up in the hands of fiercely tender God. And they might want to talk with you today. Here's the number, 877-548-3675. You can talk with Colleen Chow, who's also written a new book. And this is this is going to be really fun to talk about, Out of the Shadow World. We have it linked at our website, chrisfabrylive.org. Click through to today's information. You'll see it right there, at chrisfabrylive.org. Or call and talk with Colleen, 877-548-3675. Colleen Chow is our guest today at the Radio Backyard Fence. She's written In the Hands of a Fiercely Tender God. We've talked about that in the last year or so. And her latest is Out of the Shadow World. It comes from the crucible that she has been living through with cancer. And I want to talk more about that. There's, you said something just a minute ago, though, that my antenna always go up now. Because uh, I don't really have them, but I, I feel something inside when anybody says, you know, I just have today's enough and I've got to do what I have today. And it's this whole thing that I've been talking about uh, for the last year or so about process versus outcome. I hmm. live for outcome. I want to find out, figure out what it is, <laughs> where I want to go and how, how I want to, to, you know, what goal I have and what a success look like and then figure out how to get from where I am to, to over there. <laughs> And so everything is measured by, oh, I'm not there yet, and I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go through, if life is about the process, and if God is about maturing me to become, help me become more like Jesus, then if I you know, slip up. And, and if I fall, I'm not a failure. I'm on the, I'm on the continuum and it's, I'm, yes. I'm growing rather than failing every day. Yes. And so yes. that sounds yes. like, go ahead, say something.
1: Yes, 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 yes to this. I feel like you need to write a book about this. <laughs> it is so true. And I think for those of us who are wired, you know, like more type A or go get them ambitious, like conquer the world or whatever you want to, put the label on that but it's so humbling to you know to go through a journey where that is impossible to control outcomes to get from a to z like you think (laughs) you should get there and where you just end up saying i have to live with open hands and know that exactly what you said it is this sanctifying process it is growing i've told my son The most important thing to me is that I keep growing. You know, you're not going to see me arrive. I'm not going to be, I am not the perfect parent. He knows that. He's got proof. And yet, if he can see me growing, what a beautiful testimony to him that he doesn't have to arrive. He doesn't have to be perfect. He just keeps growing in God. And there is so much liberty when we start wrapping our arms around that, right?
0: Yes, and and here's the other thing about that: if if it's about the process and not just the outcome, then struggle is not a sign of failure; it's a sign of life. Struggle is okay, and it's if you're struggling, it's like you're 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 getting there. (laughs) You take another step, right?
1: Yes, and some of my favorite um, biographies that I've read, the person who has done these incredible feats for Christ for His kingdom. they often get to the end of their life and will say something like, man, I didn't do much. I didn't right. pray a lot. I did." They, they say these astounding statements where they end in weakness. And I think we just so badly want to be strong. And there is something so beautiful about being so dependent upon God. And I think we just uh, so badly want to be in control, want to, again, control those outcomes. But to be dependent on God is everything. That's everything. That's yeah. the most beautiful place to be. And to end, I feel like I'm going to end my life in such humbling weakness with this diagnosis. But I have prayed so much that when I die in those last moments, there will be such a testament to God's strength and his goodness and his witness. So mm. yeah.
0: And maybe that's part of the answer of the the why more time is, is he's got more people for you to talk to, or Mm, he simply has more of the process for you to go through and and enjoy with your family and for us to benefit as well. And and for you to talk Mm -hmm. with Beverly Ann in uh, California, Beverly Ann, go Mm -hmm. right ahead. Why'd you call today?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, Colleen, you are such an encouragement just hearing you right now, what you're saying, because I have to tell you, I really, um, I read your book after I heard you on Chris's show, I guess it was April, because I was going through Mm -hmm. such a deep depression. And because Mm -hmm. I had a history of, you know, abuse and feeling like Mm -hmm. God was, you know, angry and, you know, like, you know, you shouldn't be depressed. I mean, all these things that you get in the Christian world. And so I got your book. And I read the whole thing, which is rare for me. I'm usually, you know, started. Oh. I mean, it really, no, it really helped me on my journey. I can't tell you. And, um, you know, just, I mean, what I was going through is nothing to what you were are going through. And, you know, just even hear what you're saying now about being totally dependent on God. And, you know, I feel I am. I mean, I have friends and all that, but, but there is a place where, you know, it's just you and Him. And um, only he understands, and just the healing, because, you know, it's really hard when you come from a background of abuse to see him as a loving father that's not going to get you. I mean, and um, just started going to a a therapist that deals with trauma, but, you know, for that, but I've been, but the Lord's been ministering to me and, and, you know, just doing healing, just him and me. And you know, you've been very instrumental, and I am so glad because I was telling, um, you know, the person that answered the phone, I didn't know whether you were still alive, and I don't have internet, and I don't have a laptop, and I, I couldn't get online, so it just was wonderful. I know, Here I you yesterday. two are.
0: You know what I love about your, your uh, call, Beverly Ann, is that when Colleen was going through this and was writing uh, the book that you mentioned, In the Hands of a Fiercely Tender God, she didn't know what you had gone through. She didn't know what had happened to you, and God mm-hmm. used that, and we, we thank mm-hmm. Him for that. And uh, Colleen, how do you respond to that?
1: Oh, I'm just so privileged to connect with you here, Beverly, and what a a gift that we get to share eternity as sisters in Christ. This is just like the smallest little connection, and we get forever, right, in His presence. And yes, to Him be the glory. If anything good comes out of me, it is just a testimony that Jesus is real, and He works in the weakest of us. So praise the Lord. And I just, I love your story. I love how you're pursuing Him and pursuing healing. And getting such good help and and experiencing God in the worst of your story. I cannot even imagine. So thank and you having, for the, sharing. Courage. having yes. the courage to go there yes. Beverly Ann. Thank yes. you. Yes. That's a lot uh, of work and energy.
0: It is, and and it takes faith to go there too, because yes. you've got to trust that you, know, you trust the counselor to, to walk with you, but you're trusting yep. God that He's big enough to handle, you know, yep. what you've what you're struggling with. Uh, Jason is in Indiana. Jason, what do you want to talk about today?
3: Well, hi, Chris. Um, I'll try to make this short. Um, I, well, I felt like God called me into full-time ministry, so I did uh, Bible college and seminary, and I nothing. no doors opened and no doors opened. Uh, I've been sick for about the last four years, nothing major, but just trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And of course it's one of them deals where every time you see a different doctor, they give you a different diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so anyway, so I got this past, um, December I got hired full time as a uh, hospital chaplain. And I did that for one month. I'm like, all right, God's finally opening the door. Uh, I was worked uh, as a full-time hospital chaplain for one month, and then I was diagnosed with uh, MDS, which is a type of bone marrow cancer. Wow. And then uh, my doctor recommended, you know, you, you have a severely compromised immune system. You definitely don't need to be working in a hospital. Mm-hmm. So I had to quit after a month. Um, I, in June, I got a bone marrow transplant hoping that would fix it. They're saying that they don't it's not really working like they would want it to and they're giving me till January and then I may have to have another transplant. And it's it's just a very overall frustrating situation. Mm.
0: The roller coaster that you were talking about yeah. earlier, Colleen. So you're yes. you're right in the middle of that. Okay, so mm. so uh, I th- you you've given us enough, Jason, but d- is there is there a question for Colleen or do you just want her to respond to, to your story? I
3: I don't know. I don't I guess I don't really have a question that she could answer just as much as No. You know, just, just, just the whole frustration of the situation. Like I said, I yeah. felt called into full time ministry. I got my schooling done. I'm nothing nothing. Finally finally got a position and it lasted one month. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now you have cancer, you can't do that anymore. And, and then the and questions now of
0: God, why Why would God allow, you know, why did God, a good God would allow me to go and do what I feel like I'm called to do mm-hmm. and only do it for a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Colleen, I think, I don't, I don't think there's any answer. It's just mm-hmm. this, that just really stinks, doesn't it? It's, just, it's It an
1: really does. It really does. And I think there is such a, really needed, um, space for wrestling with these things before God. And he can take our wrestling. He can take, I mean, thank you Lord for the book of Job, right? Like he can take our questions and then he will show up and do his thing, but he, there's a lot of room to grieve and wrestle. And I think we don't need to rush through that. Um, but we definitely need, people around us who aren't going to leave us there too, you know, they're going to hold up our arms for us. And, um, but yes, I am just so sorry. I'm so sorry. That is mm-hmm. just, it's so heartbreaking what you're going through.
0: Jason, do you have that? Are there, are there people around you who are holding your arms up people you can lean yes. on? Yes, very much.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. My church has done a really good job with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So glad. Um, and and have you, you know, the whole wrestling thing, it sounds, even in the call, you're wrestling with it. Um, but how how's your relationship with God? Have you gone deeper with Him? Are you upset with Him? <laughs> Probably all <of> the above.
4: <laughs>
0: you know,
3: I'm, I'm honestly just, just part, parts of me are like, why, why am I having to go through this? Why did I, mm. you know... Why did that only last month? Why am I, why are you not healing me from this? You know, all the, all the basic questions, I guess. But yeah, I've, I've been doing a lot of studying and growing too.
0: It's almost like you, you have become a chaplain, but you're, you don't have any patients. You only have people other than yourself. It's almost like you have to chaplain yourself. Have you thought of it that way? No, I hadn't. Yeah. Colleen, Pray for my friend, Jason, would
1: Yes, you? I was thinking the same thing. Lord, we just come before you broken over sin and its effects and our broken world and what um, the curse has done to our bodies. And we just enter into Jason's grief with him and um, so kind of symbolically weep before you with him and ask that you would be so near to him. I think of Psalm 73, the nearness of God is my good. And I pray that you would make that true for him, that your nearness would be his good, even when all of the rest of life seems to be stripped away. Um, All the other good in life seems to be gone. Would you just be um, his precious, near good? And would you help him see glimpses even soon in the next few days of how his life is caring for others, just not how it was originally how he dreamed of, but that he, you are going to um, care for many people through his story, as I'm sure you already are for those who are listening right now. So we just entrust him into your, your hands and thank you that you are not going to waste any of this.
0: And Father, I want to pray for the people around Jason who care so much about him, and they can't figure out what in the world Mm -hmm. is going on, and they feel—it's almost like they they may feel this even more intensely than he does looking on, so let him find that dependence in you so that the strength doesn't come from how strong Jason is, but how strong Mm -hmm. you are as you work through him, and then give the folks around him the faith to believe that you are at work, even in the in the hard stuff here, in the, even in the suffering, mm-hmm. as it, as you were at work in the suffering of our Savior. So we give Him to you. Thank you for His vulnerability here today, and pray all this in Jesus' name, Amen. Jason, you hang on. I want uh, Gabby to get some information from you before uh, before you hang up there. So Colleen Chow is with us. Now, she's got a son who has been walking through her journey with her. And she came up with this creative way to think about all of that, the suffering. And we're going to talk about PAX and take more of your calls. This is Chris Fabry Live on Moody Radio. More straight ahead. I have noticed something about facilities that offer abortions. Almost feels like abortions not an option, it's really the only option. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm open to being wrong. But that is my perspective looking from the outside in, and it's why I'm glad that CareNet is there. They call it CareNet. Because, number one, they care, and number two, they are a network of something like 1,200 affiliated pregnancy centers around the country who serve more than 300,000 women and men every year. Women and men, Chris, absolutely, because men are part of the equation. There are free ultrasounds. There are free pregnancy tests. There are free pregnancy Coaches and decision—the decision line we've been talking about. There's options counseling. There's material support. There's parenting education. I've seen some great news about men who are learning how to be a dad who never had a father in the home with them. So CareNet is more than just "Hey, save the baby," which is a great goal. It's something like more than a million since 2008 that they can uh, calculate but it's more than that it's pro abundant life carenet click that green button at chrisfabrylive.org i think you'll be encouraged you'll be informed maybe you'll meet somebody who's going through an unplanned pregnancy and you you want to say something but you want to give more than that give them carenet's information and you can do that when you go to chrisfabrylive.org and click the green carenet button right there chrisfabrylive.org So Colleen Chow is sharing her life with us today of, you know, how how do you identify? Terminal cancer? Pro-abundant life? You know, I see you as you've got life abundant in the middle of the struggle. And not only did she write that book in the hands of a fiercely tender God, she's written a new one called Out of the Shadow World, And I think this partly came out of your relationship with your son and trying to grapple with suffering with a a teenager who was looking on at his mom's suffering. So tell us about Pax Jackson.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Jeremy was six when I was first diagnosed, and I was just, you know, before God crying out how do I walk with him through this? And so PAX came out of that. It also came out of Jeremy's health struggles um, for the first, uh, maybe seven, eight years of his life. And I loved writing this story. I It was so healing for me. And it was so helpful to have a kind of a resource, if I could say it that way, but something to give my son that wasn't just a direct conversation about what was going on. It was kind of coming in the back door um, through a creative, just light-hearted way of passing on to him a theology of suffering, which we were, you know, we were passing that on through our time in the word, through conversations directly about suffering. But this was, I want to write a story that teaches him these things in a way that he doesn't even realize he's learning them that feels um, gentle and peaceful and and lighthearted fun. He can laugh as he learns um, and in a way that he would feel seen and understood. At the same time, my nephew who was two was going through leukemia and I just wept over that boy like uh, I just and so it came out of that too. I want to care for those kids who are, in the thick of cancer, and they don't even have a world view yet. They, you know, they're they're facing suffering that most adults haven't. And how can we enter into that with them and talk about God in suffering? That's hard. These are hard questions and issues. So um, that's where it came out of. And Pax is the main character who has cancer. He's ten.
0: Um, let me read he, the, let me read the first yeah. sentence. Cause this is yeah. this will grab, the first sentence is everything. Pax Jackson was a 10 year old boy who didn't know if he'd make it to his 11th birthday period. Mm-hmm. So right there is all you need to know. Here's something <laughs> they say, get your, t- get your character in terrible trouble. Well, he's in terrible trouble. <laughs> you know, he's, in t- exactly, he's 10. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. know if he's going to make it to 11. He had gray yeah. eyes, a bald head where thick curls used to grow. And a little, and to see, there's a little bit of your struggle, and a little more mm-hmm. of his dad's dark skin than his mom's fair complexion. He also had a nagging cough that rattled his bony body and kept him up at night. Instead of shoving his homework into his backpack and rushing to catch the bus home from school that afternoon, he sat on the back deck of his family's log cabin, dangling his feet over the edge and watching a fat lizard do push-ups in the warm sun. (laughs) And I have done that. I have done that (laughs) in Arizona. So (laughs) kudos to you. And again, this is, you know, it's a teaching tool, but more than that, it's just a story that your son and anybody— can dig into and just swim around in and and learn from, right?
1: Yes. And I wanted to address two groups of people. One, the person who is going through the thick of the suffering, they're physically suffering. And then the others, the caregivers, and those loved ones who are watching their loved ones suffer and are also suffering themselves in a very unique way. And so I tried to address both and even create conflict between those two. Um, where the rub comes in the hard days where the suffering is really hard on the relationship and you're trying to muddle through it together and figure out how do we walk this together? So I tried to come at it from both perspectives,
0: which takes me to Steven has a question along these lines. Hi, Stephen, go right ahead.
4: Chris, thank you for taking the call. Uh, We have some friends that, uh, they're, they've always been raised in the church. They're very good Christians, but their youngest son got a brain tumor. Then he's, they got it out, then they had to do it again. And he, then he's had two bone marrow transplants. He's almost died twice. We do what we can to help. But from your standpoint, sometimes what maybe we think is good help is not what you need the most. Uh, I mean, we, my wife sends them cards, regular sends them gift cards on top of that. Aww. And we think we're doing good, but we don't know because we don't know exactly what you need at that time. Does that make sense?
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. Stephen, you, uh, the way that you're even talking about it, you are doing exactly what Anyone would want someone to do just your heart, the way you're saying those things. That is amazing. You're so tender. Um, gift cards are brilliant. I tell people you can never go wrong with that because there's always a need. Um, and just your willingness to say, I don't fully understand what, you know, my friends need, but that's. I tell people that gentleness and that asking God for wisdom, because I feel that as I enter in with people, um, even those going through the very same thing as me, I never know because every person is different. I never know what they need on any given day. And so I tread gently and I ask God, please, please give me insight into right now for this person. And sometimes I have caution and I just hold back and other times I enter in um, and that's one thing I, I tried to do with the story is give some practical handles for even kids to know it's okay sometimes to just sit in the grief and be quiet and not even do anything, but just weep with those who weep, those kind of things. So, oh, I am so blessed by what you just shared.
0: I wonder if, you know, I like to fix things. The outcome is yeah, I want to fix you it. You know? <laughs> uh, but just to have to say for Stephen to say that to his friends, it's like, I don't yes. know. I'm. I. I want to do as much as I possibly can, but I. I don't know if this is. And I. But. But at the same time, just talking between you and me, uh, yeah. Colleen, I don't know that you want to put your uh, reticence on somebody who's already, you know, trying to yeah. deal with everything they're trying to deal with. So yeah. maybe the stronger thing to do is to just do the everything that you can, and then if it's if it doesn't hit the mark allow them to say, hey, don't do that. We don't like those gift cards (laughs) anymore. (laughs) That's what you do. (laughs) Um, Which I don't imagine they would say. Uh, Steven, does Um, that help at all?
4: Well, yeah, you know, really it does. And Like you say, you just never know. We worry about the two older boys because they're in college Mm -hmm. now, and Mm -hmm. they have no life because they can't bring a girlfriend back. They can't bring a friend back to the house because – He's, you know, it's, I think, I think it's been four or five years since he's mm-hmm. been in a classroom oh. uh, because he's getting between the bone marrow transplant and the, the chemo gave him the leukemia that he has now. And then the second, you know, this mm-hmm. is his second bone marrow. And we, we worry almost as much about mom and dad and his two brothers as we do him, because absolutely they're, they're under a lot of strain too. And that, uh, yeah.
0: The emotional toil that you're talking about, Stephen, just mm-hmm. and just for you to pick up on that, and uh, yeah. you know, to to do something practical, prayer, obviously, yeah. um, and and reading some of these, you know, other people, I because uh, I think what Stephen is talking about is eerily reminiscent of what Jason is going through at the same time we just talked yes. with a few minutes ago, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I think that. There is such a weird comfort, can we call it that, that comes from realizing that there is a fellowship of sufferings in Christ with many, many brothers and sisters around the world. We are not alone. This is you know, this is unfortunately common, right? Cause our world is broken. This is not our home. This mm-hmm. is going to go by so quickly, but uh, in, in the suffering, it doesn't feel like it's going by quickly. And just to hear each other testify to these things and know that we're seeking Christ together, we're weak together, but he is strong for us, for his children. And, um, There's something strengthening about that, even though it just grieves and breaks my heart every time I hear these things. I have wept so many tears over these stories, but um, Hmm. to share them with each other is really helpful instead of just being isolated and alone in them.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And for you to be cognizant of that, Stephen, and to even bring it up here today, I thank you for letting us know about that. God bless you, friend. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Out of the Shadow World is the latest from Colleen Chow. It's a a fantasy novel for younger people or older people or people like me, too. We have a link at chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. Colleen Chow has written Out of the Shadow World. You can find a link to it at chrisfabrylive.org. She's also the author of In the Hands of a Fiercely Tender God. We've had um, a conversation about that book and others calling. For example, here's Maureen. Let's go back to Maureen in Cleveland. Hi Maureen, go right ahead.
5: I'm so thankful. I was just doing a research to find if Colleen is still alive. And so I'm so glad to hear her voice. I feel like I have, I'm on the same journey as hers, only I'm 83. I've been, uh, I've got three cancers on in my body and I'm not doing any, uh, treatment at all, but I have been experiencing God's mercies. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, how I, she made the statement something about like God overruling, and that's what I feel, hmm. because I have no symptoms, but hmm. I should have symptoms according to all the markers in my blood. I have MDS, the bone cancer, as one of the diseases. Jason, yeah, what what I have, and I connected with Colleen too because just recently the Lord put together one I want to hear is. Um, thou good and faithful servant. And yet God has given me the goal for this journey of suffering that I know is ahead of me of being filled with joy. And so I want to be joyfully faithful. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, we've just finished the book of Acts and uh, considering what is my chapter 29. And I was listening to Johnny Erickson, Tata, uh, and um, she talks about every morning how hard it is when she wakes up. And and so the prayer that came to me that I'm making more a part of my life is just being honest with God. God, I don't like this. Yes. This is not what I planned. Um, I'm in pain. I need you. I need you. I need you to fill me by your Holy Spirit with joy. So I can get up and joyfully make my husband's lunch so I can take my grandson to work. And Lord, for those women that have been wanting to meet with me, I just trust that you will give me the joy, the strength, everything I need to fulfill all all those good works that you have planned for me from the beginning of creation or before creation. And um, I'm just experiencing um, I, I, in many ways, I still feel 40, and I don't take any credit for that. It's just God's mercies in letting me live out with quality of life the, the plan that he has for me, knowing that he knows my last day and I'm not to be focusing on, on preserving my life. Yeah. I'm to be focusing on, Lord, what do you have for me to do today? That's the end of my sermon.
0: <laughs> that that was a great prayer, though, Maureen. Yes. And you've taught us something there, too. So thank you for, for uh, calling. Colleen,
5: in. I just want you to know that uh, I've got your book, Fiercely, Tender God, right um, by my bed. I read it often. You've been a role model for me. And uh, we'll we'll, uh, walk this journey with the Lord in His mercy and joy in the midst of it. Amen. Amen. I want to sit at your feet and learn from you.
1: You are just a gift. And isn't it amazing? We get eternity. In a blink, we're going to be together forever. It's just incredible to me. Thank you for what you shared. That just really encouraged me.
0: How then do you how do we experience what she's talking about every day? Cause mm. it can be, and, and I, the thing I identified most with her is just be honest with God. He knows yep. what's really going on. Anyway, you're not <laughs> yes. going to surprise him, right? Yes.
1: yes. I, seriously. One of my favorite prayers is help. <laughs> I pray that one more than almost anything else is help. God help. I just, I, I begin every day desperate and broken and weak. And he, does not leave me there. He helps me. I mean, that's all over Scripture. He is our helper. um In Psalm 16, you know, I love the Lord because He heard my appeal for mercy, because He has turned His ear to me. I will call out to Him as long as I live. And so that's what I'm going to do to my last day: is I just call out in desperation, and He is everything. He has everything I need. He is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And in Him is what all of us are desperate for every single day. And we never move away from that desperation, that weakness, that dependency. And that is the beauty of it, right?
0: Exactly. The Lord is my shepherd. I have, I have everything I want, I have everything I need, mm. but mm. I, I want that over there and't and I, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't have it in the time frame that I want, you know. Yep. you know you have healing, you have perfect healing ahead for you. Is it going yeah. to be in this life? We don't know.
1: Probably not, right. Probably right. not.
0: <laughs> but you know that yeah. it's that's promised in the, and and the, and there's probably been people who said, well, if you just pray the right prayer, Colleen, if you oh, just totally. do the right, you know, bibbity, bobbidi boo and God's yeah. going to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Have, have yeah, you had absolute. those kinds of Oh,
1: all the time. I get mail, I get emails, I get, um, with all the cancer cures, and I think God has just liberated me to, I just don't feel the necessity to chase those things down. I do what I can. I'm healthy. I, like, as far as how I eat, the supplements I take, the treatments I've done, I've done everything I can. But that, ultimately, this is so short. I think with our you know, American mindset, we put so much stock in this brief span of time, this little vapor, and it's going fast. And so I, I want to be responsible with what he's given me to do. But ultimately, I am not trying to save my neck and stay here forever. That is right. not, that's not the end goal. My hope is heaven. What is coming at us is so good. We are going to need resurrected bodies to be able to handle the magnitude, the eternal magnitude of goodness and joy and incredible plans that God has for us on the other side of things. So, uh, I mean... We just, we have to pluck out the roots that we've set down deeply in this world and just open our hands again, right? And say, God, you hold my days. If I'm still here today, you have good work for me to do. And I want to do that in you.
0: Surrender is a full-time job for all of us, (laughs) no matter what diagnosis or not. You know, whatever, what what situation. So there are people who pray for the folks. They're going to be, continue to pray for you, Colleen, and uh, Jeremy, and Eddie, your son and your husband, and uh, Will, you still have Willow the dog, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> we do. We okay. do. <laughs>
0: um, but Jason and the others who have called here, and Maureen who got through, Um, there's something special that's going on and you are right there in the middle of it. So thank you for writing this. I hope anybody who has a younger person in their life will get a copy of out of the shadow world. If you haven't read in the hands of a fiercely tender God, that's a great one as well. Colleen, I hope you come back real soon and have another conversation with us at the back fence. Do that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I love being on here with you.
0: Thanks. Chris Fabry Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks a lot for listening.